tonight we're not going to do Psalms. I, I'm thinking we may start doing Psalms every other Wednesday, uh, depending on how we go. Um, there's some things we've been doing in the teenage class that I've been making some side notes and changing some things and thinking, you know, that, that would be a really good adult class topic because it's, it's actually helped me in studying in some form of it. Um, and I just thought we would talk about a few things concerning uh, that this evening. Um, if you look in 1 John, in 1 John uh, chapter 1 beginning at verse 5, um, it says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanses us from all sin. Now notice here what he says to start with. He, he's talking about how uh, the... Uh, he says if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Look with me in Ephesians 5 and verse 8 for just a moment too. He says, For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of the light. And, and we know uh, that Jesus said many times about the world being in darkness. So there is every opportunity for us to walk in a world that's in darkness. But we have a responsibility as Christians to walk in the light, don't we? In Matthew chapter 5, uh, remember what Jesus said about it? Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 14. He says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. It gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men so they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So when we think about this world and we think of it in the concept of, well, let me just ask you this. Do we notice that the world's in darkness? Is there anything that can give us a hint of that? Yeah, how the world lives, what we see going around us, uh, going on around us. I mean, we can see the corruptness of the world. Okay, as Christians, Jesus said, you know, the world was condemned already. Remember John chapter 3? He said the world's condemned already. He came to do what? He came to bring that light and he came to bring uh, salvation. So the world's in darkness, the world's condemned. He came to bring the light. He came to bring salvation. And our responsibility as Christians, First uh, John 1, 7, is to walk in that light, right? So how do we do that? I think this is what the challenging thing is, is how do we walk in the light when the world's in darkness? You know, Paul, uh, Paul struggled with this too. Paul talked about the, uh, walking in the flesh as, as opposed to walking in the spirit, doing things he didn't want to do and not doing the things that he should be doing, that, that war that rages with the flesh. So we have these things going on as, as we're facing the world. How do we do that? How do we separate ourselves from the world but yet still live in the world? You know, that sounds like a conversation we need to have with our children. It's a conversation we need to have with each other. But exactly how do you do that? It's, it's easy to say. I don't know how many times I've, I've said it from the pulpit. I'm, I'm sure John has said it thousands and thousands and thousands of times, you know, preaching. Not saying you're old and preached that long, but, you know, 
any preacher would say it a bunch of times, you know. Uh, I didn't realize how that sounded until it came out, so I thought I'd correct that. Um, we, we say it a lot. Walk in the light is hidden in the light. It, it, it's easy to say, but the particulars of it is how do you actually do that? How, how do you face this world? How do you become the light that we're supposed to be and, and face that world's in darkness? And we recognize that the world's in darkness because we see the things that are going on. Um, and and I, I just think this, to me, is an interesting subject. It, it, and some of the things that I've been studying on this has really helped me to look at things maybe a little different, but also to help navigate uh, because there's a lot, it, it's easy to do what everybody else does. I mean, it's just easy to go along. It's easy to get along. It's easy to just go with the flow, except, except what's going on. You know, I got a group text right before we come over here about Paw Patrol. You can't watch the Paw Patrol now. Kids can't watch it because of, what is it? Uh, they have some adult on there now that I don't know if they know what they are. Man, woman, beast, something. What is it? Non-binary. I have no idea what that means, but it won't be on my TV anymore, evidently. But it's another one of them terms where you just don't know. I mean, it's just something. Every, and do you ever get tired of it? Do you ever get tired every time you do something? There, there's, or you think you finally uh, uh, have got your, your path you know, mapped out and you're trying to follow things and you think you've got everything just laid out and then something else. And it's something else. It's just like it's always something else. And, and I just get, get frustrated with that of, of, you know, seeing how my grandchildren are, 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 are coming up in this world and thinking about, well, what's it going to be five years from now? What's it going to be ten years from now? You know, what's it going to be, you know, as you go on? And I think about back when I was a kid to now, every generation has its own particular set of issues. But it just seemed like to me it just keeps piling on and piling on and piling on. Uh, but how do you navigate throughout... Uh, throughout these things. And I want us to go to, and I think I alluded this maybe into one, one sermon one time, this first part of this. But in 1 Peter chapter, uh, uh, where do I want to go? I've just, I've just lost my mind. 2 and 11. That's exactly it. 1 Peter 2 and 11. Is it up there? Oh, it's up there. I thought, how do you know what I was thinking? <laughs> I could turn around, couldn't I? Okay. Let me start over here. 1 Peter 2 and 11. Um, it's here somewhere. I'm in 2 Peter. No wonder I can't get there. I'll tell you what, I'm going to turn around and read it. It says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. Uh, this first part is, is what we've been teaching on in teenage class for the last uh, several weeks, is realize that we're sojourners. Realize that we're pilgrims, which means what? If I'm a sojourner and I'm a pilgrim, you're temporarily here, which means this world is not my home. We're going to get into more, but this, this has to be the foundation of it. This has to be the start of it, because I think this is where, where the problem lies, is we've got to recognize at the very beginning that, okay, the world's in darkness. It looks like all this is going on. But one thing I've got to realize is I don't belong here. This is not my home. This is not where I, I, I put the end all, end all. That this is. I had a conversation with a gentleman uh, yesterday at the cemetery. I've heard of these individuals. I've just never met one. Uh, he came up and he was telling me, you know, I was, I was preaching a graveside. And 
uh, <clears throat> I, I think that's the first time I've ever been amen a whole bunch in a funeral sermon. But he, he, was, he was really amening, you know. Uh, but and nothing wrong with that. I just, I, it stunned me for <laughs> a minute first. But afterwards, he come up and told me that he's a, he's a real hard preacher, he said. And that uh, he's had 11, I think 11 miracle healings and something else. But what struck me was he said that preachers have been preaching it wrong that we're too soft on the wicked, that uh, the wicked are going to be totally annihilated. When Jesus talks about destruction of the wicked, it's total annihilation. And I've heard of the, the theory of total annihilation, that once you know it's over, God's just going to boom, it's over. And I told him, I said, well, how do you reconcile half the New Testament that preaches on hell? And he said, well, hell doesn't mean what we think it does. They just created that in the early days to scare people. But it should scare them that you're going to be totally annihilated. But my first thought is, if I'm going to be totally annihilated and not existent, I believe I'd live any way I want to live right now. Wouldn't you? I mean, if that was going to be your end, yeah, you'd want to go to heaven. But if you thought of it, okay, I'm not going to be punished in hell. I just won't exist anymore, so I won't know anything. Live any way you want to. You know, if that was going to be the case, and, and what that would cause individuals to do, I think that's why you see people do that today. I don't know if they believe they're going to be totally annihilated. I just don't think they think anything's after this. And so what they do is just live for today. And they put everything they have in what's here and now. But we've got to realize, and for us to know that we don't belong, we have to realize that there's something else. We have to truly believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is something else. So that, that's the foundational key to it, is knowing that we don't belong, and we need to quit trying to fit in. You know, we don't need to spend all our time trying to fit in, trying to get along, as far as just blending in and do everything else everybody else does. We need to realize that we don't belong. But notice, he goes on farther and tells us a little bit more in this verse, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. So once I believe that I don't belong here, once I understand I don't belong here, how do, I, how do I do that? How am I supposed to walk in the light? How am I supposed to, to walk in this world of darkness? It's to abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. Now, when we think of fleshly lust, sometimes we put it in a sexual manner. We think of just sexual desires or, or things of this nature when we think of the fleshly lust. But it goes so much more than that. It's, it's anything these, their fleshly lust desire. Being angry with someone. Someone do something to you, what do you do? You do something right back to them. You, you know, if uh, talking uh, bad about someone, uh, gossip, anything that you participate that the world does that, that our fleshly desires sometimes we want to gravitate to and do, right? So I realize I don't belong here, so I don't act like everybody else. The next thing I understand is realize there's a war raging Notice what he says. Uh, he says here that uh, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. So I have to recognize that there is a war. Because think about it. If there's not a war going on with you when it comes to fleshly lust, then guess what? That war has already been won, hasn't it? You've already given in to it. If you're not battling it, that doesn't mean that, oh, it needs to be difficult every day, but there, there's going to be a struggle there. There's always going to be some temptation of the flesh, whether it's to do harm to someone, whether it's to talk about someone, whether it's some kind of sexual thing, whether it's uh, uh, immorality, whether it's, um, I mean, we can go through Galatians 5, the works of the flesh. Any of those things, it's warring against us. 
So recognize if you have a war going on, if you have a battle, that, that, that's supposed to be there. We're, we're supposed to have that. We're supposed to, to realize there is a war going on. But if I realize I don't belong here, then I can realize I can win that battle. I can overcome that battle each and every day. And that's by abstaining from those things. Then when I wake up in the morning, guess what? I'm going to face new challenges. Or I may face the same challenges. The Bible talks about those sins that so easily beset us. So I may have the same challenges each and every day that I have to fight each and every day because there's a battle going on. It's like uh, uh, you have to think of as a parent or you tell your children while they're raising their, their kids, you're the parent. You have to win this battle. You ever thought about that with your children? You, you've got to win this battle because you're the parent. You know, you're sitting here arguing with a two-year-old. You're the parent. You've got to win that. You, you've got to keep doing that for the betterment of the child. So each day we war against the flesh, we realize we've got to win that battle. How we win that battle is don't give in to it. You know, realize it's a battle. Realize it's something that we face. Realize because we're walking in the light. Because remember, if we're walking in darkness, we're liars. I can't walk in darkness and say I'm walking in the light, right? <coughs> so I've got to walk in the light. So I realize as a foundation that I don't belong here. This is not where I'm supposed to be. This world is not my home. And when I realize that, then I can realize, okay, there's going to be fleshly desires that I have to face when I'm walking. So I've got to walk in the Spirit. I've got to walk by faith not by sight. I don't, I don't walk by the flesh. I don't make decisions based on those desires. I base my decision on I don't belong here, my decision on what's to come. And when we start thinking of it in terms of that, then things start making sense, doesn't it? When we realize that it's not going to be that long, it's just temporary. I'm just sojourning here. So the battle that I think will never end is going to end. But I don't need to give up on it here because when I give up on it here, then I'm no longer walking in the light. I've got to, then we go to Hebrews. Uh, uh, <clears throat> I know I forgot that now. I was going to quote a verse. can't quote it now. After uh, forsaking one another, the next verse, we, that we uh, sin willfully. Yeah, 26, that we sin willfully. There remains no more sacrifice. Sorry, I've had a head cold all week and my mind's not straight. That we, when we sin willfully, there remains no more sacrifice for us. So when I make that choice to give in to those fleshly things, then I've stepped out of that light. I, at that particular point, that battle was lost. The war may not be lost, but that battle is lost. So what do I have to do? I have to realize, I have to pick myself back up. I have to realize there, there's a fight. I've got to get back into that light. Because walking in that light, that's where I have fellowship with God. See, I can't just want fellowship with the world. I can't have both. You can't serve two masters, can you? I can only serve one. So I can't be in fellowship with the world and fellowship with God. How I'm in fellowship with God and can be in fellowship with each other is by walking in the light. But once I step out of that, I've lost that relationship with God because I've stepped out of the light. And then I'm in darkness now. Then I realize that there is a war raging, but guess what? I've given in to it. So if I want to walk in the light, I have to realize... I don't belong here in this, that I don't do what everybody else does. And I, I tell you, I'm, I'm open when I'm up here. I, I, there's things I have to tell myself, and my wife always, when she sits in the pastor's side, you know, should you honk at them, how does that look? 
can't you just let that go? Can't you just let, you know, what, what you know, difference does it make that this person cuts you off? Or what mission does it make? You know, it's, it's those little things. But those little things is what everybody else does, isn't it? Those little things is the thing of, of, of well, uh, you do this, I'm going to do this. I'm not letting you away with that. I'm going to do this. So when we think of fleshly desires, we all have them in different ways. We're all tempted to live like the world in, in different ways. It doesn't mean that we're out here stealing. It doesn't mean we're committing adultery. It doesn't mean these things. It could mean these little things, anger. It could be losing your temper. It could be losing self-control. It could be uh, divisiveness. It could be bickering. It, I mean, it could be a lot of things where we, you know, where we war against the flesh. Are we going to act like, <clears throat> we can go in and talk about this a little farther as we get on into a few more verses, but how we treat each other. Do we treat each other here, brothers and sisters in Christ, like the world treats each other? You know, I think sometimes we do, or even worse sometimes, uh, because of we don't prefer one another, or we don't realize each of us have a role, we've got to respect those roles and encourage each other in those roles. So there's a lot of ways in which we can look and see that when I war against the flesh, I have to abstain from them things. I have to realize I'm not going to give in to that. I'm, I'm going to abstain from that. Um, any thoughts on that before we move to the next verse? Okay. Notice what he says now. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Now, remember, we're, we're building on this platform. We, we decided and realized we don't live here because there is something else. The world's in darkness. We have a responsibility as far as the light goes. Jesus brought a light into the world. We've done the necessary things to be walking in that light, and we've got to do those things to stay walking in that light so that blood can continue to cleanse us. How do we do that? Abstain from things that we war against the flesh. And then he says having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. So when we look at those that are in the world, you know, how do we have a conduct that's honorable? And he tells us here that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they observe glorify God in the day of visitation. So here's what we're going to see. The world's going to talk evil about us, aren't they? Are we giving them ammunition? Are they right? Do we live in, in a way in which they can look at us and they can say, hey, you're living this way and I, this is what I'm going to say. Look, look at how they live. You know, it's like the world says, well, I can't go church up there because what? What do they always say? Too many hypocrites up there. Well, are we giving them ammunition to say that? That may not be right for them to say it. They don't need to use that excuse. But is there some reason for them to say that? They're going to talk about us as evildoers, even if we do good. So we've got to continue to do good, and he tells us why. Because there's going to be a time that they can see that and may change before it's too late. And what you're seeing, what I'm seeing in the world today is, I think that very thing is taking place. I'm not saying, oh, here's this prophecy, you can see this. But here's what I see. You, you see this division that we have today... You see what's going on in just this country, this great division, even if you stand up and do right, the side that's doing evil will talk bad about how horrible these people are for standing up for what's right. 
how horrible you are to say it's only a man and woman that should be married. How horrible it is to say that a woman doesn't have a right. You know. So now they speak evil that we're the bad guys because that's what we follow and that's what we believe. But long as we stick to the truth, that's all that they can say, isn't it? They can call, look at those good things and call them bad. You know, as Isaiah says, what do you when you call evil good and good evil? You know, it, it, it's coming a time when that's happening. So he says here, you continue to live in such a way that even when they speak evil of you, notice what he says can take place. He says, uh, as evildoers, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God. You know, they, they can uh, remember the whole purpose, we're created in good works. Isn't that what the Bible tells us? We're created for good works. That when we do our good works before men, who gets the glory? Or who should get the glory? God does. So what we do is for the purpose of them to glorify God. So we realize that, that this world's not our home, this, that we don't belong here. We realize that we war against the flesh. We have to abstain from that. And in doing that, when the world speaks evil of us, what are they really going to say? You can turn that slander around. You can turn what they're saying around. By just, how do you defeat lies? Keep living the truth. You know, how else can you defend that? You keep living the truth. And he says here what they're going to do uh, when it comes to it is to glorify God. And that's what we're striving to do. We're striving to do things for individuals to glorify God. So what we have to do is keep at the forefront of our mind how does this reflect on God? The things that I say, the things that I do, places that I go. You know, when I... When I'm angry at somebody for something and, and say things, when I'm uh, gossiping about someone, when I'm murmuring and complaining, when I'm causing strife and division, when, I, when I'm doing these things, whatever it is, and, and how does that reflect on God? Because the light we're shining is not our light, is it? We're just a reflection of the light. We didn't, we're not the ones who brought the light. We, we're walking in the light is what we're doing. So in doing that, while we're walking in the light, the places that we're walking, while we're walking in that truth, brings light to the dark world that we're around. But when we're not doing the things that we should be doing, we're not letting that light shine. They're not glorifying God, and we're giving them ammunition to say things about us. See, we have to look beyond us. And sometimes that's, we have to you know, get rid of our selfishness and look beyond our will, our desire, what we want to do, you know, because, you know, there's, there's times I'm like, I could just run over that person. You know, I can just do this, or I can, you know, as, there's times you just, in, we have to, it's not our will anymore. We can go back to Colossians, what is it, Colossians chapter 3, <coughs> and we can see when we put on Christ, they don't see us anymore, or they shouldn't see us, they should see Christ in everything that we do. So what's the world seeing? What light are we shining? What, what ammunition are we giving them? You know, when the world speaks evil of us, that's not necessarily a bad thing, is it? Jesus said, woe unto you when all men speak well of you, didn't he? So what if I'm trying to please the world so they won't speak bad of me, but what I'm doing to please the world is going to be the things that the world talks about to keep them from wanting to obey the gospel because you're doing the same thing they are. It's just like a vicious cycle, isn't it? So he tells us here, and I think gives us some good 
some very good advice on how we walk in the light, on how we <coughs> look at things, how we view things, how we, I mean, think about Jesus. Think about what Jesus did, how he could have reacted with all the times scribes and Pharisees came to him, testing him, you know, all the times that they came to him, the things they did, especially when they arrested him. You know, the disciples, they wouldn't grasp in it at all times. They should have known better at various different times when he was trying to explain. Think about all the pressures that were on him that he could have fussed at the disciples. He could have got mad at them. He could have got mad at, you know, the scribes and Pharisees and brought down legions. I mean, think of all he could do. Think of the self-control that he did. That was a world in darkness. That was evildoers. What, what, what did they really speak evil of Jesus about? Was he foul-mouthed? Did he gossip? Did he cause uh, 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 strife and division other than the truth doing that? But did he murmur and complain? Did he? What did they speak evil of him about? Yeah, he did good. That's what he did. That's what they were speaking evil to him, about him about. What else could they say? You know, Bill, do you have something? Yeah, I, I tell you, my mom told me that from an early age, and I still get told that. If I would keep my mouth shut, I wouldn't have half the trouble that I have. And that, that's, that's true, you know. I uh, figured my wife, amen on that one. But, you know, I, I think that's what it is, is, you know, what was his purpose? Even all the things they were doing to him, he was still trying to save their soul, wouldn't he? as far as bringing light to the world, to whoever accepted. He gave them the opportunity to. And by doing something, wouldn't he lose that opportunity? Wouldn't he lose that influence? If he gave in to that pressure of, of, of pound of flesh for pound of flesh, you know, gave in, you do this to me, that's what I'll do back to you. And I'll show you that, you know, it wouldn't have took just probably the second time somebody say, if you be the son of God, do this, I'll be, all right, I'll show you. I'll tell you exactly what I do. You're nothing but a dust. Why, pride. That's how we'd be, wouldn't it? It'd be pride. They'd be DRT. They'd be dead right there. I mean, I mean that's, that's just how we'd be. That's how he talked about James and John when they weren't able to accept what he was doing yet because they wanted to bring down rains of fire, remember, when they was there with the Samaritans? He said, you're, you're not ready for this yet. You know, you, here's, what you're, here's how you're thinking, but you've got to think beyond that. You've got to think beyond what you're wanting to do. So when you think about walking in that light, it's, there's more to it than we think when it comes to our Christian life. It's staying in that light, living by that light, doing by that light, and showing that to the world that when they speak evil of us, there's really not anything else they can say. Can you change somebody's mind that way? You know, when it says here about... Uh, in verse 12, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. There could be two different meanings with this. One, when, when the time comes for the, the, him bringing them both together, the Gentiles and, and uh, uh, the nation there together as he did with the cross, you know, of, of here's how you're supposed to look to them when, when he's bringing all this together, or the day of judgment. Either one of these principles apply, but you think of it on the day of judgment before the time comes, 
Maybe there's something we can do to influence that person that's speaking evil. And you know what that is? Consistency. Consistency. Be consistent with how we live our Christian life. No matter if they keep saying evil against you. No matter if they keep saying evil against you. Keep living the way we're living. Keeping at the forefront of our minds of how am I reflecting God in the things I'm doing here. Because someone may not know anything about me other than what I'm doing at that moment. And what am I doing at that moment? When I'm interacting with that person, what are they seeing? Are they seeing me with all my desires of this is what I want to do? Or are they seeing me walking in the light, living that truth, having God at the forefront of my mind, trying to live a life where they glorify God, not glorify what I'm doing to glorify myself in Oh, look, you're, you're doing this the same way everybody else does. Again, if you're doing the same thing that everybody else is doing, I mean, think about it. When Jesus said our righteousness has to exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees, you think about all that they did. You know, they, they, they gave, they fasted, they prayed, they did all these things, but where was the motive from? How does our righteousness exceed that? Here's what they did. How do, how do my righteousness exceed it? But I've been on the other end of that too where somebody's done that and I've made somebody else mad because I didn't do what they wanted, you know, wanted me to do. I didn't follow the crowd in that instance. And they got mad and it wasn't because they were mad at me. They were mad at themselves because light exposes darkness. And when light exposes darkness, sometimes you don't like what you see, you know. I've seen this in other areas that you do something that's out of the norm of what everybody else is doing. Uh, we've experienced that as a family, and even in the church you get ridiculed for it, you know. Uh, but over time, if you stay consistent with it, uh, there there becomes a sense of respect to it. Even if persons don't agree it, they, they come to respect it because you stay consistent with it. And, and that's, that's really how our, our Christian life should be is 
stay consistent with it, even if, as it says here, a person you know, speaks evil of it, you, know, you may get someone to say, hey, there's something to that. There, there, you know, I, I used to talk bad about that, but I, I've watched them over time how they live their life. There, there's something to it, and I want to find out about that. You know, that's, that's what we're striving for, isn't it? Isn't that how Jesus draws people to him? Look at the consistency of what he did. And you say, well, you know, he's the son of God. He Look what he did. But he became flesh and dwelt among us here. So you, you think about how he lived his life as an example, and that was the thing. It, it was an example. Uh, did he wash Judah's feet along the rest of them? I mean, you think about when he washed uh, uh, their feet, you think about what knowing what, what he was going to do, turning it, knowing... Knowing this, he still, the things he did to set the example to the others <coughs> goes a long way. You know, you think about all these examples that, that he did and the kindness that he's shown, not compromise, and that's where we, we struggle. And, and I've seen uh, uh, individuals that say, I mean, that, that just get so stern in their Christianity, they think there's no room for being nice. There's no room for... for uh, uh, showing kindness and compassion because they confuse it with compromise and say you're compromising just because I mean you can say to some you know someone you you you've got to love uh, 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 those that choose a homosexual lifestyle you you've got to love them enough to want to teach them but as soon as you say that they're like, oh they're for homosexuality you know they just take a ball and run with it or you you say that uh, just like Jesus ate with sinners oh look he's eating with sinners. You know, first thing they thought, he's just going to be just like them. But he's there to teach them. He's there to try to save their soul. So people take kindness and compassion with, with compromise and tolerance and, and, and going along and thinking it's all right. Well, the first, it, it has nothing to do with that. I can be kind to someone. I can be compassionate to someone. I can try to reach someone that I think is living in sin and living a lifestyle that's going to condemn them to hell. Can't you? Ain't that what we should do? How is she going to teach them? How is she going to talk to them? And sometimes we want to put that barrier up, and there's, again, where we're not walking in the light. We put that barrier up and say, you know, I don't want nothing to do with it. You know, I don't want to put the time and energy it would take to teach somebody like that. I want somebody that's easy to teach. I want somebody that's been coming here to church for years, and now it's just time for them to obey the gospel. That's the person I want to try to teach. I don't want to go out there to that person that's, that's you know, living that sinful lifestyle and really try to bring them in. That's too difficult. See, there again, you think about these fleshly desires. The flesh wants to do what's easy. But the Spirit tells us sometimes we've got to do those difficult things. You know, you think about uh, uh, John the Baptist. He didn't have to preach the things Herod that he did, did he? You think about Paul when he stood before kings. He didn't have to preach the things that he preached. You know, he, he didn't have to do that. He could have said things that gets him out of prison. But sometimes you've got to do the tough things because you care for that person's soul. The whole purpose is to get them to change. And that's what, that's what Jesus did. So I think, <coughs> we didn't get quite as far as I wanted to, but I think as we, we start in these here, this, this foundation of how do I walk in the light, that's how you do it. And then he starts in just talking about the, the good things that we do, you know, uh, uh, being different than what the world is, basically just being good. You know, it, it really boils down to, you say, well, I'm be a good person and, and not go to heaven. That's true. 
But a Christian can't not be a good person, can you? I, I've got to be a good person if I'm walking in the light. I know, and, and goodness may not mean the same thing for everybody sometimes. It may mean different things. Again, we're, you have something? I think where, and I, I may be speaking more of myself, I don't want to generalize too much. I think where we fall short, and you, you made a good point, you know, there may be some coming later. Look, these people ruined my life. And we focus on a lot of teaching, don't do this, don't do this, don't, and, and we should, you know, don't. But what, what about how do we handle the person that did, and now we're trying to get them out, or they want to come out of it? How do we treat that person? How do we help that person? How do we you know, deal with a person that's had an abortion. Now what? You know, how do you deal with a, a person that's uh, a homosexual and realize that, hey, I shouldn't live that way, or transgender, what, whatever you, you see out in the world today, we can name a list of things. And then they're, by our consistency, they see that there's a better life, there's a better way, that there is something to this. H how do you handle that individual? You know, how do you do that? There's got to be something... We've got to live in a way, we, we have to live in a way that the world looks and say, there's something to that. There's something more and there's something to that because this person is truly living by it and they believe it. If we don't believe it, if we don't live by it, how in the world can we expect anybody else to do it? I mean, I mean we can't, can we? So we, we have to do that. So as he says here, how do I do that? I don't belong here. I realize I don't belong here. I need to quit trying to belong here. It's never going to work. I need to quit. <laughs> if I'm going to be a Christian walking the light, I don't belong here. Then I realize there is a war raging with the flesh. I realize I battle it every day. I realize I've got to win that battle. And how I do that is continue walking the light. Because the world's going to be slandering us. And we live in such a way that maybe we can change it. Maybe we can change what they think. Maybe we can change how they're living. And wouldn't that be worth it? You know, when it comes to the end? I mean, that, that's what we're striving for, isn't it? You know, Christianity, we're not on an island to ourselves. Our first responsibility, yeah, do it ourselves. But until I'm convinced of it, I sure can't convince anybody else. So hopefully that will be some first steps that we can, we can realize and look at that can help us live in this world of darkness. And we may do this something of this nature or some topic every other Wednesday and do Psalms in between Wednesdays to break it up just a little bit.
Any final thoughts or questions?